Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You know, when you drive out of your home and come to church and go to the parking lot, Many people in our neighborhood would say this, why in the world would you get up on a Sunday to go to church? I mean, it's dead. There's nothing for you. It's a bunch of ritualistic stuff. God, I'm not even sure there is a, if he is, he's angry. He didn't care for you. Where did they get that idea? See, that's how they relate to God. That's because Satan's the great liar and deceiver. Serving God is the most exciting, free, peaceful relationship in all the world. Today, Pastor Mark teaches that how you view God translates to how you relate to Him. And how you relate to Him determines how others view Him. The only way you'll ever get an accurate understanding of who He is is to spend the time to get to know Him. The consistent study of Scripture is the only trustworthy, written resource we have to gain a healthy knowledge of who it is we're called to serve. Combine this with meaningful prayer, genuine worship, and the examples of godly men and women, and you'll soon develop a deep, intimate knowledge of the Lord. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 7, with his continuing study entitled, God's Solutions to a Selfie Lifestyle. Submit really is an interesting term. In the original language, it means to come under God's rule. In other words, what we're saying is, God, I submit to your rule. You, you are the one that leads my life. You're my God. I submit to you. I'm willing to listen to you, and I'm willing to obey you. There will be no peace in our life unless we submit and obey to what God's word says. Now, remember, let's just back up a moment. When I submit to God's word, it's not in my mind, it's action. Until you actually have a lifestyle of humbling yourself, realizing it's all God in you, it's not false humility, it's realizing that everything good comes from God, and then we simply submit to him, we come under his rule, then good things happen. Now, as I said to you before, in our conflict, uh, God expects us to do some things. Let me give you three things. They're not on the overhead. You don't even need to write them down, but I want you to think about them for a moment. In a conflict, because we're selfish, and we, we always do this. Well, if they do that, the conflict would be over. And every conflict has two sides. There's always two sides. Sometimes you say, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to fool with this crazy conflict because 70%, 80% of the problem is theirs. Well, it doesn't matter. Here's the one thing I want you to learn this morning. First thing you do in a conflict is you make the first move. Well, said Pastor Mark, I'm not going to that person. They caused it. Humble yourself. 
and take the first move. Matthew 18 tells us to do that. Humble yourself. Well, that's humiliating. Hello. Of course it is. They're more responsible than I am. So, humble yourself. Now, everything God asks us to do, he enables us to do. Number one, humble yourself. Number two, when you go to them, you're going to speak words to them. You're going to try to resolve the conflict. Here's how you don't do it. Uh, Good morning. Uh, I'm coming to you in humility (laughs) to show you that you're wrong. You might as well just head right out the door now because this got worse than you came. That's ridiculous. So what's the second thing? First is, it's up to you to make the first move. Number two, speak the truth in love. I've come to try to resolve our conflict. If I've done anything, I'm sorry. Number three, then love and forgive with the same love and forgiveness God has shown you. See, no, we no longer live to ourselves. So if, I, if I'll take the first move, if I'll speak the truth in love with humility, and then I'll realize I'm going to forgive that person. They don't deserve it. Ooh. But I'm going to forgive them because God's forgiven me and I didn't deserve it. Then what happens? I would like to say every time you make those three steps, the other person will agree and you'll be back in unity. Often it doesn't work. And I get this question often. So, Pastor Mark, I did the right thing, but they never changed. What do I do? You leave it with God. God will never force a person into unity. He could, but he doesn't. See, it has to be an act of their will. So I'm just going to leave that with God. I've done my part. Here's the key you'll learn. After almost, pretty close, 66 years of Christian, always do the right thing and leave the rest with God. Yeah, but no buts. Just do the right thing. And I don't know how it'll work out, but that's up to God. And we just move on in our life. Don't get bitter about it. Now, look at the next part of verse 7. Resist the devil. And 30% of the time, he will flee from you. Is that what your translation says? If it does, burn it. And he will flee from you. Here's number three. All of our campuses, live in peace, resist the devil. Well, how do I do that? By saying no. Stand firmly on God's word. See, we live in spiritual warfare. You know that. In this room, there's an invisible world Outside of this room, there's an invisible world, but it's just as real as our real physical world. Paul says in Ephesians 6.13, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor that you be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. There's spiritual warfare all the time in our lives. Now resist simply means this. To stand firmly in position and refuse to give ground. We resist the devil when we refuse to give in to those temptations. It can be sexually, it can be a million of things, greed, it can be in the conflict, trying to take advantage. We're tempted all the time and often. 
And you have to be aware, the Bible says, Satan is like a roaring lion. He's always looking to find a way to get in and bring conflict and bring sin. He's a deceiver, he's a liar, he's prowling the loud, and he wants to bring you down. Now, one of the lies that Satan uses is this. If you're independent of God, if you're doing the right thing for yourself, you're going to have freedom and you're going to have joy. That's a lie. Peace only comes from doing God's will, God's way. So what do I do? What am I standing firm on? Well, I'm not standing firm on Calvary Chapel. I'm not standing firm on my beliefs. I'm standing firm on the Word of God. See, if you say, well, I like this, but this verse here, that doesn't apply to me because it doesn't like fit me now. I'm not interested in that. Forget it. You're going to be in this world. We stand for all the Word of God is true. It's God's word. It's powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, when you and I begin to think about that, I'm to use God's word to expose Satan's lies. Now, to use God's word, I have to know God's word. I have to know when Satan's lying. How do I know that? That's why we teach you the Bible. I'm proud of you this morning. You have your Bible. It's sitting in front of you or your tablet or your iPhone or whatever. We're learning What God says, this is how to do life right. I cannot resist Satan if I don't know the word of God. Anything God commands me to do, say, Pastor Mark, I can't resist. Yes, you can. Anything God commands you to do, you can resist. Now, here's what I want you to write down. Here's the dual amazing thing about the word of God. Watch this. The Bible, our weapon, it's our weapon and it's our defense. It's a weapon. It goes in. It fights. It grabs. It's a weapon this morning because it's powerful than a two-edged sword. As I teach this morning, God's saying to you, okay, I have to make the first move. But it's also my defense. When I'm tempted, when I'm tempted to go wrong, when I'm tempted to get selfish, God's word comes in and says, no, 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 stand against that. That, That's not going to bring you freedom. It's actually going to make the conflict worse. Now, so we resist by being humble and submitting to God and his word. Number three, we resist by being humble and submitting to God's word. I can't resist the devil without God. Now, look at verse eight. I'm going to camp out on this one for a few moments this morning. Come near to God and he will come near to to you. Here's number four. Write it down. Live in peace. Come near to God. Pray often and pray right. The way we come near to God is initially through prayer, conversation, two-way conversation with God. We come near to God. Now, I'm going to take us back for a, a few years. How many of you remember bench seats in your car? Come on now. Yeah, this goes back a while. Now, let's go back when you were dating. You're driving, and this young lady that you're dating, maybe the first date, where was she sitting on that seat? Well, probably the first date, she's sitting by the window. She don't trust you at all. (laughs) Could I hear an amen? That's exactly right. But as time goes on, where is she sitting? Come near, baby, come near, baby, come near. Where's she sitting? Right then, baby. How many remember those days? Weren't they great? Fantastic. Then you got married. 
First thing they trade that car in, got bucket seats. <laughs> yeah, don't laugh at me. Amazing, isn't it? Well, one day an older couple, they had a car like that in their past. They were driving down the road, and, and the wife, who was sitting far away, she saw a young couple in a truck that still have often those bench seats. And she said, honey, look how close they are. Isn't that amazing? Whatever happened to us? We used to be like that. And the husband said, I didn't move. <laughs> yes! Some of you are still trying to figure it out. He was driving. He couldn't move. Now, if you come back over, good things could happen tonight. Just work your way. Even in buckets, he's just work your way over. His statement, I didn't move. Some of you this morning, you used to be close to God. You're not close to God. You know it. Somehow you've drifted away. That excitement, that joy, God always first. You've drifted away. Oh, it didn't happen overnight. It probably was never even intentional. But can I remind you of a truth this morning? God never moved. It's you. So what does he offer us? He gives us a command and then an invitation and a promise. You come near to me and I'll come near to you. That's powerful. How do we get like this? This original language, draw near in the original language means this, to approach to come near, to be ready to meet, to be ready for fellowship. You see, James says, our problem is we're, we're selfies. We drift away from our personal relationship with God. We didn't mean to drift away, but we started to compromise. And one of the very first things we compromise in is our quiet time with God. You see, if I miss my quiet time, a devotion time, 15 minutes in the morning. If I miss that with God, then my world is set against God because I'm thinking about myself and all the things I have to do. But if I take that time to kind of recorrect my mind, it's very, very different. So how do I, how do I get back to the place where th this isn't my final home? Not to be weird, but this isn't my final location. How do I get back in that? Not by reading the newspaper but having a quiet time with God. Now, I know this because I've been doing this a long time. Do you start your day with God? Or do you start your day with your wisdom? I come close to God by spending time in the morning in his word. I listen to what he says. My prayers are going to be right. I'm going to pray often because I need direction. I need help. I'm going to pray right. I'm not just going to pray about me. I'm going to pray about other people. And finally, that begins to correct my life. And I draw close to God. He is the priority in my life. Now, many of you don't understand devotion or quiet time. Many of you do. Some of you that 
do, you've drifted from it. You become very irregular. Some of you have no idea what I'm even talking about. So I want to show you something. On our website, calvaryccm.com, you can go anytime and you just go to teachings, teachings, and pick main. Not a person's teaching, main teachings. And then just type in, listen up. In this teaching, which I did later last year, by the way, you can type anything, uh, abortion, marriage, fight, jealousy, the will of God, the word of God. You can type all those things in. There'll be all kinds of sermons free for you. Right there is the video, and right next to it is the notes that go along with the teaching. Right there for you. Now, listen up simply means this. If I take time in the morning, 15 minutes, I'm going to get my Bible. And actually, I do my devotion on my iPad. So I read a section of scripture from some, somebody devotion. We have a devotional every day on our website for you guys if you want that. We have the sticky notes every week. You can go to YouVersion. YouVersion is a wonderful app. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Bibles, choices you can have, languages from all over the world. It's from a great church called Life Church TV, and there's probably 200 devotionals. You can just pick one. And every morning when you click on it, it brings that devotion up for the day. By the way, right now, today, this is like six months ago, more than 100 million Christians use YouVersion every day. 100 million Christians. It's all free. So you can say, well, I don't have any resources. Hello. Get online. Get yourself started. So you read a little bit, and then you pray, and then you write down what God says to you. You don't read, and it says, you need a battery. Okay, thanks. And you don't go get your battery. No. God says, you you need to correct this situation. Okay. And you follow through. Do you get it? Now, good things. By the way, if you use version, if you fall behind, you miss two days. Nobody ever misses a devotion time, do they? If you miss two days, you get an email. Here's what it says. You've been deleted from our program. You sinner, you. <laughs> kind of challenges you to get back in. No, it doesn't say that at all. It says that it looks like you're behind. Would you like to catch up? And you click on that, and it backdates it four days as if you didn't miss one day. Oh, the grace of God. (laughs) Isn't that great? It's awesome. So let me challenge you. The way to draw near to God is to do exactly that. Jesus is giving us a personal invitation and a promise. Draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. Now, some people don't have a quiet time with God because they have the wrong impression of who God is. Some of you here may have been raised in a church that was very legalistic. Everything was wrong. You're angry. God's angry. He, he just yells at you all the time. You can never please this God. And somehow you found your way back in here, even after all that horrible upbringing, negative, critical. Let me just say to you this, and I'm going to show you how good God is. That's a total wrong perception. That's Satan lying to you. Now, I want you to see this statement. And this is good for us here, and it's good for us as we witness to people. How we view God translates to how we relate to God. You know, when you drive out of your home and come to church and go to the parking lot, many people in our neighborhood would say this, why in the world wouldn't you get up on a Sunday to go to church? I mean, it's dead. There's nothing for you. It's a bunch of ritualistic stuff. God, I'm not even sure there is. If he is, he's angry. He didn't care for you. Where did they get that idea? 
See, that's how they relate to God. That's because Satan's the great liar and deceiver. Serving God is the most exciting, freeing, peaceful relationship in all the world. But people need to get it. Now, I want you to turn with me in your Bibles. And keep your finger right where you're at. Let's turn to the book of Hebrews. It's not hard. It's one book before where you are. One book before where you are. All of our campuses. Go on to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Now, when you get here, the book of Hebrews has one word. It's really about one word, better. In the Old Testament, you would never hear what you just heard this morning. God's saying to you and me, come near. In the Old Testament, people couldn't come near to God. Only the high priest, the Jewish high priest, one day a year could come near to God in the holies of holy. But when we're here, Jesus has changed all that. Now watch, you're at the right place. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation, Hebrews 4.14. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, that high priest is Jesus, the Son of God, let's hold firmly to what we believe. What do you believe about Jesus? What do you believe about God? Well, the only way to know what to believe what's right is to read what the Bible says about him. So notice verse 15. This high priest, Jesus, of ours, understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings, trials we do. The difference between Jesus and you and me, he didn't sin. Now, God could have created Jesus as an adult. Let him live for a few weeks, go to the cross, pay for our sin, take him back to heaven. But he didn't do that. God designed Jesus to come into this world as a baby. So he had to live 33 years in the same world you and I live with. And in those 33 years, he experienced all the conflict, all the fighting, all the backstabbing, all the joy at weddings, peace, joy. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble because he experienced it all. And so everything you're going through now or in the future, you don't have a high priest. You don't have Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father going, I don't know how to even relate to that. No, he knows it all. He knows our weaknesses. He knows we tend to drift. He knows my sinful nature is to be very selfish. He knows it all. He didn't sin. So when you think about that, he understands. In spite of all of that, he still makes this amazing offer. Balmer, let me show you what I want you to do. I understand you're struggling. I understand you're hurt in that situation. I understand that you think it's all them and not you. God is not true with any of us, ever. His love is long-suffering. Pastor Mark wants us to remember these five keys for doing life right and living in peace. They can all be found in the text we studied today, James 4, 7 through 10. One, humble yourself before the Lord and he will lift you up. Two, submit to God. Three, resist the devil. Four, draw close to God and he will draw close to you. And finally, number five, repent and ask for forgiveness. Friend, these are God's solutions to a selfie lifestyle. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. On the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark wants us to be encouraged as he reminds us that because God understands our weaknesses, he allows us to come boldly to his throne for help, to receive his mercy and grace when we need it the most. Friend, he knows when you struggle with the selfie lifestyle because he knows what's deep inside. So pray often with a submissive attitude and understand he's got the solution. He's just waiting for you to ask. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Yeah.